Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen. And welcome to NVC IGN's Nintendo podcast. This week we will be talking about Pikmin 3 Deluxe, Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, Monster Hunter, of course, and the lack of Nintendo voice chat on Nintendo Switch, which we have talked about before, but you know, this time we got your opinions. So look forward to that. I'm your host, Casey DeFridis, and this week I am joined by Per Schneider. Good day. Tom Marks. Hello. And Zach Ryan. 
top of the morning to each and every one of you. Wow. Good morning, everyone. Good morning to you. Yes, we are now recording on Thursdays, so we never have to scramble to cover a Thursday morning announcement ever again. Yay. We did it. (laughs) They're going to move everything to Friday. It only took two two plus years of Nintendo absolutely (laughs) scooping us before we decided, hey, we better move this stuff. So. (laughs) This time, this time we put our foot down. We made it happen. <laughs> so great, but yeah, let's get started. I guess the the biggest news is that we got to see a forty five minute long presentation on Pikmin Three Deluxe and a I think twenty five long minute presentation of Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. And they were both Treehouse presentations, so it was basically gameplay with people talking about said gameplay. Um, let's talk about Pikmin Three because that demo is available now, and also Tom and Pear. Have been playing. So, did we learn anything in this treehouse presentation that you didn't already know from playing? Uh, we learned about the ultra spicy limit, the ultra spicy difficulty mode, and how it's going to like limit uh, sixty. Like, you can only have sixty Pikmin in the field at a time, which is kind of interesting. Like, I don't know if that's the type of difficulty increase I would want because I like having lots of Pikmin following me. But it's it's an interesting thing to to hear about. But yeah, ultra spicy. Yeah. Not only a great difficulty mode, but a wonderful flavor as well. Oh. I completely disagree with that, but <laughs> their own. <laughs> but we did get to see first person photo mode shown off. And we also got to see that whenever you encounter a new creature, it gets an entry in the Piclopedia, which is mm-hmm. new, at least for Pikmin 3. And there are new levels with Alamar and Louie, the which we saw the split screen. This was announced with the announcement of Pikmin 3 Deluxe, and now we just got to see it in action. Like I said, the demo is out now, but I didn't mention that that save from the demo will transfer over to the full game. And also completing also gives immediate access to the ultra spicy difficulty mode in the full game, which Tom just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. And and I'm actually I'm going to be on the review for this one. So I've been playing uh, I've been playing it a little bit more than what the demo has as well. Um, and man, I still just love Pikmin three. This game holds up so well. Um, the, the, the graphics aren't really any better here beyond like, there's not lag when the juice goes into the bottles anymore, like there was on Wii U, but it was already such a good looking game that, you know, it it holds up in a lot of different ways. There are a ton of little, little quality of life things that are just so, so nice that aren't going to be on like the box or the store page, but are just like, if you played the original, you're going to feel how much easier it is to control this one in little ways. Yeah. What do the you juice lag removal obviously is the top selling point. It's going to be on the back <laughs> of the box too. I saw um, that and got very excited. Okay. <laughs> I, I played it last night with my daughter. I played the demo, uh, not the full version yet, but um, we immediately jumped into co-op to see how that would work. And I thought it was going to, in the demo or the final game, I thought it was going to lock you out until you had other characters unlocked, right? In the Pikmin games, in Pikmin 3, everybody is scattered and then you find each other and then you can switch back and forth. But the game actually lets you do, you know, play the same character twice from the from the very get-go. Oh, nice. So you get this, you know, vertical split screen. Pardon the noise. I think my wife is printing something on this here printer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you get a vertical split screen and it is... 
it is completely decoupled. So it's not a, it's not keeping you together. One person can go into a cave and the other person can be outside. You can toss Pikmin to the one player um, and the other, and you obviously split the max amount of uh, Pikmin between the two, but it worked really well. It ran well, and it was just kind of fun to be doing these tasks separately. Now, I don't know how that impacts the difficulty of the game because obviously you can get way more done like i was battling a boss and my daughter was like bringing strawberries back so um we'll see how that impacts the game but uh it works like a cinch and then i play with a pro controller and it has two different um gyro modes so it has one that is more like a pointer uh where you move around your target on the screen and the other one is more directional with like slight tilt to adjust but I felt like the regular controls with the lock-on feature worked just fine. So I, that's how I played it on the Wii U as yeah. well. So I was instantly into it. It's that's great, my, man. That was my biggest question. I love is, that game. That was my biggest question is what what the deal with the touchscreen integration was. And like they handled that pretty well with uh, Super Mario Galaxy, you know, with the pointer. So I figured it would be sort of a similar situation. Yeah. yeah and they, you can they, do... You, you can do uh, uh, Joy-Con separately and sideways and all of that. And they're, they're pretty smart in how they dis, dis, uh, describe it. And mm. it has um, reversible camera mode. So, you know, for everybody who was upset about the Mario collection, uh, it sounds like <laughs> Nintendo is adding adding some of that feature stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah, the, the, the funny thing about Pikmin to me is that Pikmin has now been on four consoles right with this it's it's stretched across four different nintendo systems five if you count the 3ds but we don't we don't um (laughs) and the funny thing about it is that it has never really been quite at home control wise on any of them right Mm -hmm. like the Mm -hmm. wii u like the wii mote is like not a much it's a good way to play it but like it's it's got sacrifices in other ways the gamepad i really liked but also then you have to like hold the gamepad with one hand and write with the other and are sometimes using buttons like like this game really has always had little control issues so that's still sort of here but the the options they give you a lot of options and the options that they give you feel really good and the lock-on feels really good and some of the 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 quality of life things i was mentioning that just make things easier and quicker to control are like really little things like i'm getting into the nitty-gritty here but like when you disband when you do the whistle to dismiss the people or to the, dismiss the pikmin and let them out of your party <laughs> pikmin um, are people too. <laughs> you keep whatever color of pikmin you have selected at that time and so if you do like a double dismiss they'll all go away but if you just want red guys because you're going into a fire area you can just select red guys and then dismiss once and just immediately start moving rather than in pikmin 3 originally what you had to do is dismiss everybody and then sort of like carefully only whistle on the color you wanted and there's things like when a pikmin is doing a job like if they're carrying something back to the ship if you whistle over them they sort of startle and stop but they don't immediately drop what they're doing unless you whistle again or hold a whistle on them so you it cuts down on like accidentally canceling orders on people a lot and mm-hmm. like if there's stragglers next to pikmin doing things then you can just kind of quickly grab the stragglers without screwing up the pikmin doing things so it's like a ton of little things that are just so like make just quality of life changes that just make everything like less frustrating it smooth is smooths all that stuff out in a really yeah. smart way 
I noticed that in the, the there's still some pathfinding issues where Pikmin can, sure. can get stuck in something, but uh, they they are a little bit smarter to how they return to you when they don't have a task and all that. So mm-hmm. it it does seem like they they messed with the code a bunch and made made little improvements everywhere. Um, yeah, but that said, that this I really love this game. Like what I like most about it is like how it feels. Like when you take one of the, you know, one of the rock Pikmin and you throw them at glass, it like just, it feels so impactful. Like you can really, you can really feel the impact of the heavier Pikmin in that game. Like it's just really well done. It really sounds like there are a lot of quality of life improvements in this game. So even if you, maybe if you didn't like the way it handled in the Wii U version, the Switch seems to solve all of those issues. Or a lot of them. Or a lot of them. (laughs) I love. I also love the way that Nintendo is doing these uh, demos. You know, it's it's basically mm-hmm. early access to these games. If you like, like me, like I know I'm going to pick up Pikmin and play it again uh, when it comes out later this month. But the idea that I get access to it a few weeks earlier and can can carry that that progress over to my final game is like just more enticing to start playing it now. Um, I didn't yeah. realize that that's what they were going to do with this, but when I heard that last yeah. night, I like ran to my Switch and downloaded. I haven't started playing it yet, but yeah, I think that's so yeah. cool. Such a such a nice addition because that was lacking in some of earlier, uh, you know, earlier releases. Like I remember we had preview versions of uh, the original Splatoon, and I played a ton of that. And then when the actual code came through, it totally nuked like all the progress that oh, you know, yeah. had been made before. And so it's a bummer to invest that much time into something that that you know ultimately doesn't end up living, uh, you know, being uh, useful in the long run. But this is such a cool thing that they've done with a few games now. Yeah, demos demos are rare enough nowadays, like unfortunately rare enough nowadays. And demos that carry progress over is like, you know, it's finding a unicorn. And it's, it's, I agree, it's super cool to see here. Yeah, Dragon Quest did it great because that demo was long as heck. Yeah, you could play. I think it was pretty meaty too. Yeah. I was expecting it to end when the sun set and it keeps going for the f- first level, you know? So, pretty cool. cool. I can't yeah. recommend eating any of those meaty Pikmin, though. They, it seems like they're Don't not Don't eat meaty alive. Pikmin. Yeah. No. But those but, fruits, they make yeah. me hungry. Yeah, go check out that Pikmin 3 Deluxe demo. But we also got to see a long gameplay demo of Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity and got to learn a few more things about that. We got to see some Urbosa gameplay shown in Garuda Town. We had to see the Sheikah Slate in action. We got to see Zelda in action. We saw some hidden Koroks, which we'll we'll, uh, be able to collect in Hyrule Warriors now. And they also showed the entire map of Hyrule, which looks just like it does in Breath of the Wild, but 100 years prior, which looks Mm -hmm. really cool. Yeah, I, I believe Pear made that that assumption a few mm-hmm. episodes ago, saying that you know, like we would he probably did. be in uh, locations on the same map and things like that. Um, I I feel like I owe an apology to the the NVC listeners because the more I see of this game, the more excited I am about it, and I know that my initial reception was like pretty lukewarm, just because I'm not really a Muso guy. But damn, every t- everything that they roll out about this game is like they are really trying to craft something unique and different with this and. I'm here for it. Like I'm really interested in playing through it, uh, this game. Yeah, creating this neat, you know, return to the scene of the crime element, right? Where you're going into locations that you see after the calamity later. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just being in the Gerudo village and exploring all the different corners and seeing that they ported over map elements. Obviously, they had to tweak a bunch of stuff because they fits more characters on the screen in this game. Right. Um, right. So 
it it, it looks a little simpler, but um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to play this. I you know I hope um, I hope the combat is strong enough to to keep my attention, keep going. Mm-hmm. And you know the my one issue with uh, with Hyrule Warriors was always that it you know it was imposter syndrome but it doesn't feel like link right yeah it's, it's like slightly off and so if they can tweak the controls to be more like breath of the wild um i would really really like that we did get to see some so i mean weapons will not break but for example like the food the cooking mechanic is kind of back in from breath of the wild where you can eat certain foods and there are a lot of the a lot of the rpg elements we saw in the original hyrule warriors is back as well but with like breath of the wild flavor where you will be finding items that you need to upgrade your characters and make things and that's always really cool i mean that's delicious flavors on this episode today exactly i really like that about hyrule warriors because it, it made replaying certain levels it it gave you more goals than just kill all of the things it just felt a lot better knowing like oh there's that thing that i really needed but i mean that's the kind that's the sense of accomplishment i get from a lot of my other favorite games so i really appreciated that in hyrule warriors as well and you get to see a lot of the costumes and clothing from the original breath of wild are returning as well and we did get to see a glimpse of the molduga which was um in the the Gerudo Desert in Gerudo Breath of the Desert Wild. Area. Mm-hmm. But they they cut it off before we saw what it did, but everyone looked scared. So. <laughs> <laughs> but we did get to see a few other things as well. Like um we got to see Impa gameplay a bit too, but I mean this looks cool. I'm I was already excited for it. I don't need to be convinced, but maybe this convinced all of you, like how it did Zach a little bit, made it look more interesting. Definitely known that knowing that the roster is bigger than just mm-hmm. the you know the 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 core that we saw in the very yes. beginning is really cool. I, I bet this has a a pretty big roster too. Yeah, I'm assuming that's that's what those games do, right? It's the kitchen sink. Yeah. When you finish a mission, it's like you got one thousand things. Bing, 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 bing. Yeah, it's like a slot I'm looking machine. Forward to, I'm looking forward to playing all these weird characters. Like, I, you know, like there was a lot of talk about Pura and Robbie um, mm-hmm. this week. I hope you can play as that guy that almost jumps off the bridge that you talk him out of. That would be cool. <laughs> you know, he's got a special attack where he just jumps on everybody. Um, a lot of characters to explore in this particular outing. It'll be a good time. But we got to learn there was even there was a lot of stuff that went on this week because over the weekend we got to learn more about Minecraft Steve in Smash Bros. Uh, Sakurai did his classic very long deep dive into the character and everything that they had to do to make this character work for Smash and oh my gosh it is kind of crazy how much mm-hmm. work that went into this. So Minecraft Steve I think one of the biggest features from this character is that he, uh they can make blocks and then jump on said blocks. And Sakurai said, in order to make this mechanic work, they had to go in and change every single stage in the entirety of Smash to make this work, which mm-hmm. is crazy. If you um, watch that video, it's it's just so good. Yeah. Sakurai just seems to be able to say whatever he wants to say. So, you know... Just just the way he talks about working with Nintendo and, you know, getting the Microsoft character in the game, like he, he, he just doesn't care. He just says what he feels. And then you realize how much work it is to put a character, a, a character like this in the game, because with any other fighting game, right, we're getting we're getting Rambo in Mortal Kombat. And it's like 
it's it's a very similar character to what is already in the game. He looks different. He's got different attacks, and um, you know, obviously, a lot of work goes into that too. But with adding Steve to to this game, like he talked about the jump, like his his standard jump is not high enough to get on a platform, and so just to make that work and balanced across all these different um, levels, and then again, the impact that has on Kirby. Because Kirby can steal the powers and all that. It's just, I, I'm really impressed. Like the amount of custom gameplay you get out of some of these characters is just like there's no other fighting game that does this. Yeah, like there's over a hundred levels in this game already, and they had to go back to every single one and be like, okay, so this section of the ground is wood, and this yep. section of the ground is iron, but this section of the ground is dirt. Like that's nuts. That is I love that insane. Yeah, you're on the great fox and you can only get metal, you know? Right. It's so good. That's really clever. Yeah, yeah. and that and that com- that completely changes the way the character plays because there's they put in a crafting mechanism for this character so yeah. you can make your crafting table and then forge either I think I think it goes wood, metal, gold, diamond weapons and that also affects your pickaxe which affects how fast you're able to mine things like what and, and then the, the minecraft the minecart mechanic too and how you can set it up and it's nuts i, yeah, I don't know if insane. i can keep track of all that stuff the minecart you have to have iron and wood to make tracks but then if you have <laughs> iron wood gold and redstone you can make boosted tracks which are different it's like it's nuts it's nuts and it's also nuts because and we've talked about this before about how good Sakurai and and kind of that whole team are at like really capturing the essence and really leaning into the essence of a character but like as a longtime Minecraft player I recognize so much of that from the actual game right all of those crafting recipes if you play Minecraft you already know what you need for boosted rail right like that is and it's probably going to be unintuitive for somebody who's never had it or never played it but for the people that that matters to that they they just nail it yeah and i think i think it's really interesting that i'm sorry casey go ahead no go on uh, I, I was just gonna say i think it's really interesting that like sakurai specifically has devoted so much time to understanding what minecraft is to make that translate to this particular game you know like like i, I think that the most interesting thing about and like i'm not a minecraft guy i've never played more than a few minutes of it um so to me this this announcement was kind of like oh that's that's cool for people that are into it um but i think the thing about all these characters that's so awesome is that you know minecraft steve could very easily have been like okay here's a block and a pickaxe and some zombies but like they really went out of their way to make something unique and customizable right like not customizable but like really reflective of what that game is inside this other game. And I think that that's true with all, almost all of the, the fighters that have been added since launch, um, which just goes a really long way to make Smash such a special and unique game to, to fans of Smash and fans outside of that as well. Yeah. And um, uh, let me correct myself real quick. It, it, the order of power is woodstone, iron, gold, and diamond. However, gold is actually really... What's the word? It's not durable. It will break faster, but you can attack Soft, faster with the like gold. gold. Yeah, exactly. So it it doesn't just incrementally get better. It actually reflects those um, ac- attributes. words 
attributes from Minecraft. Um, but also, like, everyone who's in the competitive community might be, like, the randomness of having to rely on the stage kind of sucks. But they thought about that, too. So if you play a, any stage in Omega or Battlefield mode, there is a particular sequence in which you will mine. And you'll be able to access all of the different things. So you won't have to rely on the stage to get your materials, which I thought was had a lot of foresight in it as well, which is very cool. But yeah, it, I, look, I know there there are people who are expecting grand crossover characters like Master Chief, and or you know, there, there's still some people hoping for more Luigi. Um, and so they're disappointed when Steve gets announced because they've never played Minecraft, and you know, Steve is not. When you watch him fight, he's got a little T-Rex axe attack, right? With the little arms and like, it, it may not look fun, but just the, to me, first of all, this is one of the biggest gaming franchises on the planet, like right next to Fortnite, like Minecraft's even bigger. It's, it's mm -hmm. all the way up there with something like Tetris. Mm -hmm. um, and so notability wise, this is as big as it gets. But then I just love the concept. Like when you just see Steve putting down blocks and going around the edge of the screen and like just thinking about like the amount of work that had to go into balancing that and so and somehow not breaking smash i just i i was just really happy with that announcement it's very cool we also got to see some new me fighters and amiibo so creeper pig and diamond armor from minecraft the tower of daruga's gill bomberman travis from no more heroes and we also got to learn that some more amiibo are coming but not until i think fall of next year Am I right, Pear? Banjo, Terry, yeah. and Violet? I just, I just got this set the other day. I haven't taken them out yet. Um, Ooh, Joker. Um, Give me those ones. Yeah. Send those ones to nope. me. Joker looks really good. Nope. Looking Joker cool, looks Joker. Awesome. Yeah. No, they're, they're really nice. They, they, uh, but obviously, they're not selling as well anymore as they used to, and so Nintendo is doling them out very slowly. But uh, Banjo-Kazooie, the amiibo, looks freaking awesome. Can't yeah. Wait. That little jiggy that he's stepping on. A very nice touch. What a nice touch. Yeah. Really, really good one. Yeah. And, but that is about all we have to say about Minecraft Steve in Smash Bros. So let's talk about something else that I know we have touched upon before, but I don't think we've ever devoted a full segment on it. We also asked you, the viewers at home, to weigh in on what you think about Nintendo Switch not having native integrated voice chat. And I'm bringing this up because over... Last week, I was able to do an interview and we published it this week about how Monster Hunter Rise will not have integrated voice chat in, in the app or with the, not in the game or with the Nintendo Switch online app on the mobile phone. So there's no voice chat in, available for this game. You'll have to use Discord or some other solution. And it's, it's odd to me that some games have it and some games don't. Some games have the app, some games don't. Well, and then you, take a, then you take a game like Fortnite after Nintendo is like, yeah, we don't support voice chat through our, you know, through our system. But then Fortnite is like, well, we did it anyway and it works, right? Like yeah. you can just plug in a headset that has a microphone attached to it and, and voice chat on that game, just like you can chat on PlayStation or Xbox or PC, right? So it exists. It's there. It like, they can make it work. They just choose not to, which is the strangest part. Yeah. It, I don't. I don't really understand it. And honestly, it's not, it still isn't ideal even with the baked into the game voice chat because then I don't, at least in Fortnite, I didn't see a way to 
be able to chat with only your friends. It's like if they are in your party. So if you're playing multiplayer, but you only have one friend with you, you can't only talk to your friend. You're talking to everyone in your party. And I assume even if that was integrated into a game like Monster Hunter, that would still be the same. Say you have just one friend, but you're in a room with four people. You'll mm -hmm. everyone will be able to hear you. And then you can't talk smack behind their back. And like, who wants that? But <laughs> no, I don't know. Has has the lack of a an integrated party chat in the Nintendo Switch affected you, Tom or Pear? Like, has it really impacted the way you play games? Uh, yes and no. I mean, that's the thing for me is like, this feels like one of those features that it's sort of just stupid not to be there and i don't understand why it's not there especially like as zach said some games prove that it kind of is there or can be there um but at the same time we are in an age where there are so many options like discord that are very easy to use that like i don't feel like i don't feel like my experience with games has suffered or lacked because of it missing but also it should be there like it is kind of how i land yeah yeah I've, i haven't played i haven't played many online games on the on the switch lately you know i still have my kids in my house here uh because they're not allowed to leave and go anywhere and so <laughs> we play a lot of local um switch games but i do remember you know it, it was just kind of it just discouraged you from even setting it up that there wasn't a turnkey solution where you just go plug, you know, it's like, yeah, work through the app, but you can see Nintendo's confidence in the app solution is not that great because it's not like every online enabled app is getting support, a uh, game is getting support via the app. So I just feel like it's this weird nonsense Thing that's just not a focus for them and eventually hopefully when we get a switch with a little bit more ram maybe they do it at the system level and, and integrate voice chat that way um, yeah it's, it's it is weird and silly that in this day and age we, we just don't have that well it's so funny to me too because one of my earliest memories of using voice chat in a video game oh yeah. kitty cat uh, one of my earliest memories of using voice chat in a game that kind of blew my mind, at least, because I probably used it before this and just don't remember as much, was like, I think it was like Pokemon Sun and Moon. It was one okay. of the Pokemons or maybe it was X and Y. It, it was a France one, I think. I can't remember what uh, that, that would be. X and Y. X and Y. Thank you. Yeah. And like Pokemon X and Y with like when I was like trading with my brother while he was in L.A. and we used voice chat through the, the DS and I was like, this is magic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like that was I remember that very clearly that that feeling of being like, this is so cool. And then mm. now like new games, new Nintendo games have worse voice chat than that did. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. And, you know, I I have to be honest, I guess it doesn't really it affects the lack of integrated party chat on the Nintendo Switch affects my choice making. So if it is a multiplayer game, I will choose to play it on the PS4 over the Nintendo Switch because of that reason, even if there's crossplay, just because, I mean, PlayStation party chat is just so easy. You see a friend right. has a chat, you hop in, then you're chatting, even if you're playing different games. And I think right. um, Christopher... Uh, who submitted a gap has a very similar sentiment about that. I don't think I feel as passionate as he does, but warning before we play this, you might want to uh, turn your, your headphones down a little bit. Let's hear what Christopher has to say.
Sorry, sorry about that, Nintendo voice chat. I just get a, uh, I get a little worked up thinking about this. Where's my, uh, where's my chair? What a mess. Uh, what's good, <laughs> Nintendo voice chat? Christopher Trindade back again. Uh, I brought this up a couple of yaps ago. It is crazy that Nintendo doesn't have integrated voice chat. Um, like my friends and I won't even play the same game. Sometimes on PS4, we'll just hop into a party chat, catch up, and play our own games and. Especially yeah. now during COVID, when the only safe way to connect is online, it's egregious that it's not easier on the Switch. Yep. Well yep. said. Kind of, kind of where I was going with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I have very fond memories of playing uh, Skyrim on the Xbox and chatting with friends who were also playing Skyrim. Yeah. And we're all, you know, you can't play that mm-hmm. game together, obviously. We're all in different corners of the map, but you're like, you go quiet when you have a cutscene and then you talk to people and I'm like, ah, bear is after me, right? Like, it's just, it's fun to have that communal experience that may not be tied into the actual gameplay. And you've seen, you know, he brings up the the whole coronavirus situation, like the Travis Scott concert on Fortnite was a giant deal where people, people mm-hmm. didn't shoot each other and didn't play in Fortnite. They were just hanging out and enjoying a concert together. Right. Uh, Animal Crossing hit that same vibe. So yeah. yeah, I mean, nice. when I was playing a lot of Animal Crossing, I ended up spending a lot of time on Discord just talking to friends, you know, mm-hmm. that we're, we were all playing together and coordinating, you know, who's coming to what island, etc. Um, but it was sort of baffling that like in a game that is so specifically engineered for um, uh, multiplayer that there wasn't an easy option natively on the system to pop in and have those those kind of conversations, you know, those kind of chats. And, you know, like like we've illustrated here, jumping onto discord is is totally fine like it works so well and is is easy but it would be so great to just be able to punch in a friend code and uh you know enable a voice chat option uh just through your system mm-hmm. tell you what though with animal crossing i would uh i'll take it not taking 500 years to get one person to join the island before voice chat any day but but if you could chat while you wait for the airplane to, <laughs> plane to arrive wouldn't that be nice that's yeah, optimistic that, that's, fair yeah that was a, that was a the whole visitation system i think sucked our souls dry yeah i would have i would probably still be playing that game multiplayer like with my brother and other people if if that online situation wasn't so like inhospitable mm-hmm. 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 <sighs> But we do have someone who is thinking about some of the things that we haven't really discussed yet about why an integrated party chat might not be the best thing for Nintendo. Let's hear what Eduardo has to say. Actually, I understand very well why Nintendo doesn't want to put uh, voice chat natively from Switch because they want to protect children. The other day, my kid was playing Fortnite, which you can actually talk without the need of any app just from the console. And the other kid, you know, he made a friend, you know, ask him to buy a thesis pass for him. So, uh, no, I understand Nintendo's policy of not really allowing voice chat natively from their console for their games. So, good. Yeah, well, yeah. that's an op- opposite viewpoint. Um, yeah. He, he feels, you know, I, I think as a as parents are obviously worried about those interactions, but... And and I do think that's a motivator for Nintendo to not push too hard to make it super easy. 
but you know, Nintendo also put a friend code system and all of that in in the path, and you, you could adjust the settings and say only people you can only hear people on your friends when it's a minor or on your friends list. So, you know, I I, I feel like there's a way to do both and be protective. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's a totally fair point from Eduardo, right? Because mm-hmm. like, it, not only kids, but like, I hate public voice chat. Right. Like like that, like public voice chat is often toxic in a way that I hate and I don't like to engage with. The thing that I think is missing, unfortunately, is just the any ability, right? Like any capacity. And and the Fortnite example is an interesting one because obviously they're like there was some trickery and some lying involved to get this person like get his kid on, which sucks. And I, I totally sympathize with. But like. I I feel like I agree with Pear in that I wish there was an option with limitations. Like even if they made it difficult and kind of annoying, like friend code stuff used to be even more so. Like I'd be okay as long as it was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I also recently learned actually that the company that made voice chat available for Fortnite on the Switch, I think it's called Bivox, Bivox. Mm-hmm that company uh they allowed they made it so that all third-party developers could use that kit to potentially add voice chat to their game so i guess i'm a little bit surprised that less there aren't as many games taking advantage of that as i expected but you know what can you do there is always discord which we can use i just this is the the stupidest nitpick and it's not nintendo's fault or discord's fault at all it's my phone's fault but i can't charge my phone and have earbuds plugged in at the same time because i have an iphone so right. you know <laughs> i guess I'll, i so i always have to end up having my my laptop next to me instead and it's fine i'm just being i'm just being really lazy and you know what sometimes i just want to be lazy and it's fine sure. but yeah, yeah uh, we were just talking about how the lack of integrated voice chat on nintendo switch affects us and maybe doesn't and what we would like to see in the future now it's time to talk about more news with some other news to talk about. Uh, the first set of news is that Super Nintendo World is set to open in spring 2021 in Japan. This is after mm-hmm. it has been indefinitely delayed June of this year. Um, I know yeah. that a writer at Kotaku guessed April because that is when Japan is considering allowing tourists back into the country. I'm but- pretty excited. I'm pretty excited for this news because Pear has already told me that I could go and cover the opening for IGN. So I'll be there on day one. Thank you, Pear, <laughs> for that. That was very nice of you to volunteer to send me. Yeah, Is actually, he said that the entire to my my preview hmm. um, when uh, that park opens. Thank you, Pear. Might be a different Pear. No, Pear said that the entire NBC voice chat cast can go and record an episode live from Super Mario World. Hmm. He texted. That's weird. I don't remember this. This must. This must be in the Schneider cut. (laughs) 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 Boo! Mm -hmm. Thank you. you. But he's saving that uh, one at the right moment for a long time. I so want to go. Every picture, every spy photo I see, even just the food items that they have. Man, it that looks, looks so, so good. And yeah, speaking of food items, the, the Mario Cafe and store is actually opening before that theme park in the Hollywood Boulevard area later this month. And we'll have merchandise and food and it's all themed around Nintendo. <sighs> looks real cool. <laughs> I want to we'll go. see. I, w- I would take any sort of grand opening date with a grain of salt. So don't plan your Japan trip right now. No. I, you know, my, my daughter's. <laughs> 
goes to a Japanese university, as I've mentioned, and she's still here. We just got her a re-entry permit, but the hoops you have to jump uh, through, uh, even as somebody who has a residence card, just to get back into the country, she has to stay at a hotel at the airport for 14 days oh my God. before she can Whoa. go back to her dorm and all of that. So, um, I'm, I'm it, not going to get into I'm not going to get into policy here, but like, good, like that's probably yeah. The well, best. But, yeah. But don't. What I'm saying is don't don't plan on being there for an April opening quite yet. Give it some time because the the number of cases in Japan has been on the rise as well as they've relaxed things. And having lived in Japan, I can tell you, people there take. Um, the spread of disease very seriously like everybody masks up when they even feel a tickle in their throat right like they're very very protective because it you know cities like tokyo are so crowded that metropolitan areas like 30 million people um and so i i they're going to be very careful and i'd be surprised um if if they're going to open in april yeah Yes, we will see. But we also got to learn some things this week about Monster Hunter Rise from the interview that I mentioned earlier. But I want to focus on this show just on the things that are particular to Nintendo Switch fans. And I think one of those things is that they are changing icons and changing the HUD for Monster Hunter to better suit the Nintendo Switch's small screen. We're really happy to hear that because a lot of other games don't, it's very obvious they don't really seem to take that into account, but Monster Hunter Rise is, for example, they're changing some of the icons to look drastically different from other icons. You can kind of just look at them at a glance. They're making the uh, different bars that you look up at the top left, like your health, stamina, sharpness, all of that, like very bright, obvious colors. So you can kind of just get everything at a glance, even on that small screen, which I do appreciate. And there is That's another, yeah, well, it I, is I, have, I have a quick question about that. Mm-hmm. Cause isn't monster hunter, like, doesn't that series come a lot from the DS and the 3DS? So mm-hmm. like, isn't it already very used to being on a small screen? Like I was interested to hear that, that yeah, that was like that, a thing in their mind. That's what I thought too, because like that, those games gained popularity originally on the PSP, right? Like that was the first big yeah. boon for monster hunter so like why the why the change now like i'm I'm cool with it i'm mm-hmm. i'm obviously happy they're doing it i was just like oh wow like i thought that they were maybe they dra- like did they drastically change stuff for world and now they're kind of like scaling back or i don't know i know so another thing that we learned is that monster hunter rise was actually being made in tandem largely while world was being made so a lot of those quality of life kind of improvements with there but they did have two totally different creators i mean yasunori uh ichinose was the one who made monster hunter generations that have worked on previous portable monster hunter games that are made specifically to be portable and this is the game that he was working on whereas i think um i know kaname fujioka and sujimoto were working on world but ryoza sujimoto is also the producer for rise anyway he is used to making portable Monster Hunters, is what I'm saying. But I know with the 3DS, there were two screens to accommodate that. And honestly, like I never really had a problem looking at any of that on the PSP. But I was also thinking of another way of looking at it. Um, playing, being colorblind and playing Monster Hunter with those icons is not fun because a lot of the icons look exactly the same with very slight color variations. So I think the changes, even if they didn't say this to me directly, I'm just looking at it how it is. Like, oh, this will be easier for people with color blindness now with the icons being so different, Um, which is cool. But I also wanted to mention, of course, we did learn there will not be integrated voice chat. And I mean, this is 
that is the way I played the original Monster Hunter. There was no voice chat. I played with people online. But I did notice in more recent Monster Hunters, like the one on the Wii U and Monster Hunter World, has a much smaller character limit to what you can type into the game. And I mean, I had a, I had a keyboard just to play Monster Hunter so I could like talk to people in chat. <laughs> and <laughs> and the the character limitation on the Wii U made it just like I just didn't even want to bother because I would have to put in so many separate messages to get out like one sentence like saying I want to fight this monster to get this material I couldn't have that in one message I don't know it's a really small thing to complain about but I can't like have conversations when your character limits are so small <laughs> but Anyway, last thing, it will Monster Hunter Rise is also a game that will not support save data cloud backup. And this is something I did not notice, but Logan looked on the on the title page and noticed that at the bottom. And I hate this so much. Uh. <laughs> like I so just as an example, my friend's PS4 just died and he did not have cloud save automatically on so he lost 400 plus hours of his monster on a world save yeah, i saw your he's, tweet about that That's yeah such a he's, bummer. he's not gonna replay that you like <laughs> i know how you monster hunter fans are <laughs> i don't know and like i so i obsessively upload my save for monster hunter world and uh, it just makes me nervous but uh anyway yeah monster hunter eyes looks really cool oh yeah and also it was not inspired by breath of the wild just Throwing that out there. But, yeah, that was okay. interesting. Here. I mean, they say that, but like, has anybody else watched that trailer? I, mean, <laughs> I guess a lot of I, the wild stuff going on in there. I guess they're saying they wanted to do this since they finished Generations, which came out in in 2015, and there was already a lot of explorability and verticality in introducing Monster Hunter for you. So they just kind of like expanded that. So there there were hints of it happening in the past. So. Sure. I'm inclined to believe them, but also, yeah, I get I get what you're saying. Yeah. But anyway, last bit of news for this week: Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered has been announced. It's coming out on Switch November on November 13th, and everywhere else a week earlier on November 6th. It's going to have updated visuals, all the DLC, and cross-platform multiplayer, which is really cool. And the Nintendo Switch version runs at 1080p, 30 frames per second in its docked mode, and 720 30 frames per second when it is undocked that's a good game uh you know do we know do we know about any price discrepancies i, I remember this was an issue with uh burnout Ooh. paradise let's find out it came to switch and was like pretty expensive versus where it was out on other consoles that remaster hmm i'm i'm googling I, it right now i mean as a as a racing game $40 fan, I'm just, everywhere. Okay. 40 okay well that's, well, that's good, good. Um, I, you know, I, I really like this game. This was the first uh, Need for Speed, I think, that the Criterion team worked on, right? Um, Need for Speed, the franchise has had its ups and downs, and you know, it's it hasn't often run at smooth frame rates, even on the powerful consoles that it was on in the past. And so, getting it at least locked at thirty frames per second is is nice. Although I I would prefer all racing games forever to be sixty. Um, and uh, Hot Pursuit's really fun. I mean, if you and love Cops and Robbers game and it has that open world feature uh, where, where you, uh, you know, chase each other, um, it's a really good game. Um, it's not, I would pick Most Wanted as the, the best Need for Speed to remaster, but I'm um, seeing, you know, hopefully we're, we're getting a decent remaster of this this too, and it's not just a, 
kind of more lateral port like we've seen with some of the Switch games. I'm also all for more racing games coming to Switch. You know, I, I definitely feel like we've highlighted on this show that racing and uh, first-person shooters are probably the, the genres most lacking on Switch. And now I feel like that gap is a little bit smaller because we have seen a lot more racing games recently. And, and this game works fine. It's not, you know, there's some racing games like Ticken F1 or, you know, a rally racing game like Dirt or something where you really need the analog triggers. But I feel like with Need for Speed, it's like break or speed you know yeah. you, you don't need that, need that sort of nuance yep it's right there in the title you need that speed that's right yeah but that is about all of the more news from this week so let's talk about some games out this week it is oh yes zach i have to i have to interrupt um i actually uh foolishly i'm back to back booked so i have to bounce out i have an 11 30 meeting so oh, I, no. I can't stick around for the rest but i will say that i'm i am playing hades I love Hades the most. I finally got to fight Hades one time, and that was exciting. One day I hope to escape Hades, but if you're not playing Hades, please pick up Hades. Hades. That was a good PSA. Sorry about that, you guys. I got to bounce, but this has been great. See you guys next week. Goodbye. Bye. Look at that smooth switch. Red. That was a red with the smooth switch. Shout out to Red for just being great at everything he does. (laughs) But Let's talk about games out this week. And now we have we've seen a snag in, in our new time slot. So we're going to we're fl- we'll figure that out as we go. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Working out the kinks. Mm-hmm. It's a busy one, man, this week or not even this week. Uh, October 8th is like the indie next gen day, like November 10th through 12th is like the big time of this season. But like today is the huge day for indie games and smaller games. Man, I don't even know. Should like so I guess I'll start at the top. Like run through some. I can just run through some. Yeah, go for it, yeah, Tom. Uh, okay, <laughs> basically. Okay, really quick. So Eichenfell or Ikenfell, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Is this a uh, very cool pixel art turn-based kind of strategy on a grid RPG? It reminds me a lot of the Mario and Luigi RPGs. So if you're a fan of those games, I definitely check it out. That is a Humble Games published game. Uh, so disclosure there that. They are owned by the same parent company as IGN, but are, doesn't influence our decision to cover it at all. I've been excited for Iconfell for like three years before they were even spot or, uh, published by Humble. So yeah, that's there. Um, Falcon Age, I'll go over quick. Jonathan gave that an eight. It was a previously PlayStation and PlayStation VR exclusive game where it's like an action adventure game where you raise a bird. It's very cool. Um, well, I'm, I'm actually was very much looking forward to this. I think it was originally yeah. a, a VR game and it looked really cool. Yeah. So playable not in vr as well and uh is yeah it's it's a it's a neat one for sure um there's a really cool smaller puzzle game that i love on steam called filament that's coming out or that's just came out on switch um a 3d stealth game where you play as like a mouth in sort of like a red guard themed fantasy (sighs) mice world uh called ghost of a tale that's another one that's cool uh, our own Joe Scribbles in the UK reviewed a game called I Am Dead. That's Annapurna's new game. That's basically a narrative light puzzle game where you're a ghost on an extremely English ghost on an island <laughs> doing very English things and making very English jokes. It's it's a very cute game. Also from the developers of uh, two of my other favorite games or favorite indie games in recent years, which is Wilmot's Warehouse and... Uh, Oh, God, I'm forgetting the name of the other ones. Anyway, there was another one. But Wilmot's Warehouse was great. Um, 
There's also this flight game where you are playing as a bird called Airy Sky Castle that's been getting some hype in the indie scene. Uh, worth checking out there. And then also the Survivalists, which is the new survival co-op game from the Escapists developer, is finally about to come out or is going to be coming out on the 9th. Uh, and then last but not least, FIFA 21 Legacy Edition. Or is it the least? Last but probably least. Last but least. <laughs> Let's go with that. Last but I least. I put on my angry eyes. Yeah, FIFA 21 Legacy Edition is kept coming out this week for 50 bucks. Uh, but this is basically a PSA that it is literally the same game pretty much as FIFA 20, which was essentially the same game as FIFA 19. Like the gameplay on the store page gameplay section literally says uh, FIFA 21 legacy edition will feature the same gameplay innovation from FIFA 20 without any new development or significant enhancements, which is literally the same message they put on FIFA 20 about FIFA 19. So this is like basically a $50 roster update. And that's like pretty skeezy. I mean, Props for being honest, but support like seriously, if you're if you're a football fan, don't support this. This is this is awful. This is not the same as, you know, re-releasing a Mario game from the GameCube on the Switch, where now you get access to something that would be harder to play. You can literally play FIFA 20. And it was also not a great, you know, development effort for the Switch. No. Um the, the why didn't they FIFA just have all DLC for the new roster. That's exactly what it should be. Or it should be just say it's a new roster. And guess what, guys? Great news. This great game is now 20 bucks, right? Right. Good game. It's but- not bad. It's just, it's the same limited version with a new number on it. And I feel like despite the disclaimer that there's nothing new on it, it preys on people who don't pay attention, who don't research. It's, you know. I don't know how many people are going to stores, but I imagine it's the, oh, FIFA 21 is out. Let me get that. I love the last one. Like people not thinking twice about whether the developer would have done any new work on it. And in this case, the answer is no. That's awful. Yeah. You should be ashamed of yourself. Don't buy this. It's not good. Awful. So we just finished talking about all of the games out this week, including one that we highly recommend you do not get which is FIFA 21. <laughs> but the other games that we were talking about were Ekenfell, Falcon Age, Filament, Ghost of a Tale, I Am Dead, Airy Sky Castle, and The Survivalist. That is a whole bunch. I like, so I was trying to look for ones to cut from that list too. And those are all like cool games I would recommend you look at. So yeah, it's a busy, busy week in terms of indies. But yeah, let's talk about what we are playing this week. Zach already told us about Hades, but Pear, why don't we start with you? What else are you playing? Yeah, I started Hades too, but I'll let Tom talk more about it. I, I've played a bunch of stuff. I was trying to catch up on releases. Uh, you know, obviously the Pikmin 3 demo came out, so I played a bunch of that. Uh, I played Fight Crab, which uh, I got the physical edition sent to me, so I, I finally got to try that out, which is just a bonkers crab fighting game. And it's like, it's think of Godzilla, but it's all crabs and lobsters. And, you know, you control your shears your arms whatever separately with the different sticks and you have to kind of like cut and hold your opponent and and it's just completely silly based (laughs) on that video of the crab holding the knife remember that one you can't actually hold a knife in this and it's it's like a slow-paced game and it succeeds the same way like you know uh, all the like the surgeon simulator games succeed where it's like it's silly to watch and you can have a lot of friends of fun with your friends because of because how cumbersome everything is, right? So it's not like Smash where it's like 
finely tuned controls. It's just silliness, and and uh, you get to see a lot of different crabs that you didn't know existed. Um, <laughs> I, I played some Kirby Fighters too. Did you guys play Kirby Fighters? Did you talk no, about that I'm, last week? I'm we didn't need to play it. Yeah, I yes. watched my partner play it a little bit, and wow, this game looks like Smash, but for Kirby's. I was going <laughs> like, to say it's Smash for babies. That's exactly <laughs> it. Not to be mean, but it it, no. it 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 definitely is a kids' game. It's a slower paced take on a four-player um, battle game like that. But I, you know, I fired it up. I was like, oh, this is going to be, you know, not challenging, and that's true. But um, it's actually really well made. Um, they they it definitely is not the kind of uh, quick development um, that I was expecting. It is. It, it has polish. It's well made. It controls well. Kirby feels like Kirby. It has all these different um, the different forms that he can take, and uh, you know, cool bosses and all that. It's 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 fun. Rogue light setup too. Um, but I would say, if you're parent with a kid, you're gonna get something out of it as a single player game. Uh, you might want to look for something a little bit more challenging if you're listening to the show. And then I played uh, Mario Sunshine, that game. I love that game and I hate that game. Seriously, <laughs> the I, I have so many videos of dying on the pachinko level. And if you were wondering if it got fixed, no, it didn't get fixed. It is still <laughs> an instant death level with questionable weirdo physics um, that just make you so mad. And yes, the infuriating uh, the Yoshi levels where Yoshi falls into the water and dissipates after you've been trying to get across the boat for 15 minutes. It's still in there. So all the warts and and mean levels are still in this game, but it's also such a joy to play. It's so much fun. <laughs> Love that game. And then finally, as my last one is uh, in the as part of the Super, Super Famicom collection, you know, Japan got one game that we didn't get in the US and that's Fire Emblem Moncho no Nazo. That game has never seen release in the West, even though to me, that's the game that got me into Fire Emblem. It's like, it's a 10 out of 10 for me. It's a freaking awesome game that actually has the entire campaign of the previous game of the NES game in it, and then an entire sequel campaign in it. So, uh, and redone with uh, Super NES Super Famicom graphics. Anyone who has Nintendo Online can register a Japanese account and download this and play it for free as part of the U.S. subscription as well, but it's all in Japanese. So, you know, you're not going to be able to understand what goes on in the story, but it's just so good. I love it. I wonder if there's some, like, fan help translations that you can just, like, quick reference while playing it. I'm sure it's out there. You can just Google it. I mean, it's it's an old game, so, you know, from the 90s, so there's definitely something out there. But part of me just wishes Nintendo would spend the time to uh, to do a proper localization of these games because... You know, back then it was hard to fit English text into the limited cartridge space. We don't have that issue anymore. And, you know, I feel like this is a really cost-effective way for Nintendo to bring some cool stuff to Western audiences if they went back to games like Fire Emblem. Cool. Translate yeah. them. All right, Tom, what are you playing? Uh, I've talked about most of it already. I've been playing Pikmin 3, uh, which I'm excited to talk more about uh, down the line closer to release. Then I was playing I Can Fell Still, um a little bit on and off which i i really do want to shout out it's a very fun little indie like rpg it's got this cool sort of system where it's a turn-based rpg combat system but on a grid and all the moves have specific squares that they can hit enemies and your own so you kind of have to like move into position to use certain spells in certain ways um 
And then it's got the Paper Mario, Mario and Luigi system where you press a button right when the move hits to do more damage or press a button right when the move hits you to block damage. And it's kind of very much emphasizes that in, in neat ways. Um, so yeah, anybody who likes sort of like RPGs like that, I think it's worth checking out. Um, and then I've been playing just a ton of Hades still on and off because that game is so good. I rolled credits on it, got the actual like end of the story, quote unquote, um, recently and just kept playing because it's very fun. Did you play the Switch version or the on PC? No, I've, I've been playing on PC. I hear the Switch okay. version has yeah. has some performancey sort of issues here and there. Yeah, I mean, I've no I've no complaints about the way the game looks or feels um, so far. It, it's really enjoyable. Not not my type of game, as you fair. know, but totally um, fair. yeah, but it but it um, you know it's well written. It looks good. It has great characters. Just really clever setup, and the combat actually feels good. So um, definitely a quality release. Cool. Yeah. And I guess we will now move on to question block because I am just playing Fear of Missing Out Hades edition now. So <laughs> not much to talk about. It'll be there. It'll be there. It'll be there when I'm done. Everything's going to wait for you. <laughs> but yeah, let's move on to question block. This first question is from Jeff De La Cruz. They asked, since both Sony and Microsoft are making all digital consoles this gen, do you believe that an all digital Switch would be a good option for Nintendo? Hmm. I don't know. I feel like I don't know enough about manufacturing to know that. But if they didn't do it with the Switch Lite, I'd I'd be surprised if it would like save them much money. Maybe like that's my question is like how yeah. much because because that's the reason you do an all digital thing is because it would mm -hmm. then be reflected in the price. But a disk drive costs a lot more money probably than like an SD card slot. So yeah, I don't know if they need to necessarily. I mean. Yeah, you would. You already see companies bumping into the cost limits of cartridges, right? Some games ship with the multiplayer mode, not sure. even the cartridge, or half the game you have to download it. So, uh, you know, that's for third parties. The cartridge cost is still an issue. Any physical media, and then when you create a physical version of a game, you got to give Best Buy and GameStop and Amazon everybody a cut, and and the retailer takes more. Whereas, like with an all digital game. You only, as a third party, have to pay Nintendo, or Nintendo doesn't have to pay anybody. And so sure, I didn't even sure. think about this, but I, I, Jeff, I think you're onto something. That's actually a, a, a good idea for them. Now, from a cost savings perspective, it doesn't make that much of a difference for the console build, right? Like, right. It isn't. A disk drive is a very expensive thing to put in a in a console for many reasons. One is like you know you have something that spins. You have a physical drive. Uh, which again then needs cooling can break you know like it, it it needs a lot of care during development and also if you're using an official um media format like a, a blu-ray or a dvd format you have to pay the consortium that owns the you know the blu-ray consortium you have, to, you have to pay a licensing fee and so it's a little bit different with the switch where it's nintendo's pro proprietary format but Hey man, if um, if removing the cartridge slot, if they did an all digital switch that had massive built in storage, um, but nobody play cartridge games, that's kind of a cool idea. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be interesting. But with that, that is about all we have for this week's NVC. And just a heads up, I will be out next week in the woods camping without <laughs> electronics. So 
Look forward to our mystery host for next week and some other news that I'm sure will delight everyone. But with that, that is about all we have for this week. Pear, Tom, thank you so much for being here. And if you want to submit your own questions, you can write to us at mvc at IGN.com or respond to our weekly question block post on the Nintendo Voice Chat podcast forums. Or you can just like, you know, join and say hello and do some chatting. But anyway, thank you so much for watching. And remember, NVC is the only place you can. Thanks. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.